wonderful time. What a wonderful atmosphere. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to share a little testimony. You may have your seat for a few minutes. I think it will be uh, uh, very much encouraged you. And, uh, and then I will uh, uh, just sing that, uh, this song that, that again. I think that we can uh, sing this uh, just in you know, the full power with all our strengths to the tour. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, can you uh, show me the slides? Um, I think the last time I shared with you uh, just a little bit uh, in the, the prayer, uh, the brother who got a car accident and um, uh, you know the, the car was totaled and then he he and uh, uh, the other sisters said uh, in the car actually they just went to um, uh, baptize those sisters and uh, just on their way home and uh, they got this uh, accident and uh, so um, uh, they sent him to the hospital with sisters and uh, him and it was a bad injury uh, so uh, when uh, this is uh, they, just, uh, they sent it to me at about um, uh, a few days ago that he was in the hospital and so they went to uh, see him and so we all, we all prayed for this brother uh, I think you remembered him that uh, he was riding on a motorcycle and uh, tried to preach the gospel with whatever the Lord had put it in his hand he's almost 80 years old and put a speaker on the back of the motorcycle and uh, get to the projector and everything and go to the villages and they thought uh, there was somebody coming and maybe uh, show them a movie or things but he showed uh, uh, the 20th century prophets and uh, shared a message uh, with the people by the loudspeaker and uh, attracted everybody come and you know it's just uh, when you try to do something for the Lord and that's the time the devils try to uh, work uh, but we know that our God is a mighty God and um, by God's grace, then he's uh, already out of the hospital. And uh, if you can show the next one. And uh, this is a, a little video. If you can play that. And he's not only just uh, out of the hospital. And he started leading the service two weeks later. And so the, the leading the congregation and preached to them. So we give all the glory uh, to God. And out of our God, He is a mighty working God. And He's still the healer. And we can still ride on the winds of faith and believe what He said to be the truth. Yeah. And the next uh, photo. And uh, He has to got a wrap it around His chest because He got a bone break. And But even in that condition, this old man, uh, old warrior, and uh, just uh, take the bandage that on his chest because his bone it was out of the five bones was broken but he just come out of the hospital so claimed the Lord has healed him and went to the church right away two weeks later and still with his bandage on and start to preach the gospel praise the Lord that's the life well that's the transform the life will transform people you know sometimes we just have to when the devil try to do something you know what we're going to do? And we're not only just to believe the word, but we act upon what is the word of God has said. And they give it a, a blue eye or purple eye of the devil with a, with a punch. And so praise the Lord. Uh, if you don't mind, we just stand up and we sing this song again. So just sing the chorus.
But dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord. What a privilege that we have. That we're not just to speak about the word. We're not just preaching about the word. But Lord, we can see this word that have been manifested in the flesh. Lord, we can see that it manifests the Christ that is among us. That is not only just to speak the word, but Lord, we see the fulfillment of it. Lord, we're not just speaking about the God is a healer, but we saw God is a healer. And that God is a healer, it is not a healer to one person, that he healed one, that he will heal another on the same base. And you are still the healer, you are still the deliverer. Lord, you are still the one that can speak in our hearts, and it still can transform the person's life. Father, we give you all the thanks. Thank you that you healed our dear brother, Lord, and also our sister, and still living, still laid in the hospital, but already transferred from the critical Lord, room that she's getting a lot better. Lord, we just ask a total healing for that sister, Lord. How the devils try to work, Lord, he's a crew master, Lord. And as soon as the sister was got baptized, that he wanted to take her, her life. But Lord, you're the one that preserved her life, Lord. You're the one that healed her brother. Lord, we don't know how you're going to do. But Lord, we know that you will do something that make the word become a solid in our sister, Lord. Lord, this will never bother the true predestinated seed. But only push them a little further to get a closer walk with the Lord. Father, we give you all the thanks. Lord, and now come to our time, Lord. We can share the testimony in thousands of thousands of miles away. But Lord, we want to see the needs to be met in our congregation. We want to see that a person needs to be delivered that in our congregation. We want to see our children be saved. We want to see the face of God that drop into the parents' heart so that we can claim our own property that you give it to us. Father, we doesn't take the service lightly. Lord, we prayed and we're looking forward to the service. It's not for looking for a man, but Lord, we're looking forward for God to speak to us. Lord, we believe you will speak to us, Lord. Lord, meet the people's need and speak your word that enter in our heart and make it become a solid and enter in our heart and build up there and establish us so that we will never leave this. We thank you, Lord. I ask you to bless the rest of the service. And the Lord, we remembered our pastor and Brother Tim and Brother Tom. And they're the way, Lord, Brother Tom, we probably already finished the service in Lyme, Ohio there. Lord, may your spirit that continued working in the people's there through the word has been preached. We give you all the thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, let's uh, turn to the scripture. Um, book of Acts chapter 7 I know they welcomed uh, Nathan and uh, Charity we can call the Charity Weimer <laughs> I don't know if this is number one or number two uh, well congratulations and so welcome home Book of Acts, chapter 7. And this is um, talking about to the first martyr, uh, Stephen. And um, let's read it from a verse 51. Book of Acts, chapter 7, 
verse 51. He said, He stiff naked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your father did, so do he. Which of the prophets have not your father, fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. You think about it on the Pentecost, that the people, they're pricking on their heart, and they receive the Holy Ghost. But these people, they cut in their heart, but not try to receive the Holy Ghost, they try to diminish it. And But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and run upon him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city, and stoned him, and the witness and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. This is always a scripture that was um, that speak um, uh, deeply to me, and that the first martyr, that is Stephen, that he gives us a life to the Lord, and uh, his testimony touched uh, um, Brother Brandon called it a hook news, high tempered Jew, and that's a, uh, that's a Paul. But that time he was a still Saul. You know, you never know when your testimony going to touch somebody, and you never know how your testimony going to touch somebody. And you don't know where their testimony can touch somebody. And that behooves to us that we live a testimonial life each every day. And there's a no slack in there. There's a no loosening in there. Well, no matter which corner that we're turning, no matter which place that we're going, you know, the, the life of Jesus Christ is monitoring us 24 hours, 365 days of the year. And it's never going to an end. And it's not what you try to hold your testimony, but it's the testimony holder that He will hold you. It's not to the life that you live, but it's the life that He's living in you. And that well, the only thing He wants us to do is to let us yield ourselves to Him, not yield ourselves to the things that, that is around us. You know, we're living in this world. There are there are a lot of things that, that we consider as um so um. Uh, we, we think it as a soul strength. And a lot of things that happen on this earth, so then we're thinking it was a soul, uh, intensified. And so much has come to a point, and that we're living in the age, it's almost the same, seems like we're not fit to live in this age. I think that's what Brother Branham said in seven churches, and about the Laodicea church age. It was just so much a complex, uh, so much a pressure, and so much things that are on this earth, that it seems that we just don't seem fit, uh, to live. But you see, the things that we're experiencing on this earth 
is not necessarily something that is new. It's not something that is, uh, you know, never happened it before. The homosexuality is not only the privilege of this age that the people possess it. The transgender, all those kind of things that we're uh, facing uh, day by day, is not something that is new, just happening in this hour. In a Roman's t- time, they already have those things. In a Sodom's age, they already have uh, those things. And the, you're talking about uh, the people that uh, in this time, uh, they had um, an atomic bomb, and they used um, the weapons to the killing the, the, the people, and so the, all the gunpowders, uh, instead of the do things that's good for the person, but it's actually the killing people. They're making an automobile, and instead of uh, helping people, which they do help the people, but more people died in, uh, uh, in automobile accidents uh, than the, all the... The victim that they put together in the first and second world war. And you see, but those things is not something that is new. And in Noah's time, they already had atomic power. In Noah's time, they already have those, uh, the high technologies that we were having today. And we're talking about the computers and the devices that we're having in this hour that we filled up to so much. And in one way, there are benefits to the people if they know how to use it. But on another hand, all those devices that has really attracted the people's heart or distracted the people's heart, what is supposed to be attracted to the ways. And all those things that you talk about, the selfies and the Instagram and the Facebook... But I'm pretty sure in those times, they have something similar. Uh, is that There's nothing new under heaven. It's just the devil is trying to make all these things a research to the, uh, to the surface or to this age again. And you will find out it's not something that is something new, but it's the devil that consolidated his all power, his forces, and make it congealed at everything, and put it all together, just become more intensified and more condensed. And you think about what we're talking about this social media and everything. And what is the purpose of it? And the purpose is to make up themselves a name. Right? And so, but that's not something that's new. And so there is in the book of Genesis in chapter 11, they already have those things. And who is that guy who first invented all of that? Have just such idea and said that, you know, we want to live without our name. We don't want to be scattered. We want to put ourselves together so everybody know everybody. We're connected together. And his name is Nimrod. And he tried to make the people, you know, they all tried to build up a tower called the Tower of Babel. What is the purpose of that? They said, we want to lift out our name. Let me read this scripture for you. In the book of Genesis chapter 11, verse 3. And he said to one another, to go to you, let us make a break. And then burn them thoroughly. And they had a break for stone and slime had they for mortar. You know, if you read it in a today's version, maybe let me read it to you today's version. And they said one to another, go to, let us make apples or android. And burn them thoroughly with apps. <laughs> and they had an Instagram for stone, they had a Facebook, had they for mortar. Does that sound familiar? And they said, go to, let us build us. They said, a city and a tower whose top may reach on to heaven. And let us make us a name, let we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. You want to hear today's version? Or M1's version? 
And they said, go to your letters and build us a website on YouTube channels. And say, who's taught me? Reach out to the one million viewers at the first time. So let us make us a name. What is the purpose? What is all things behind it? They want to make a name. Why do they have to make their private life into the publicity? They want to make up themselves a name. Before it is, it was very hard to do that, but nowadays everything becomes so simple. Become, it used to be the Hollywood star, it is something that was a far rich, but right now this is everybody can do it in their bedroom. And it's unless we be scattered about, people hate it, people don't like to be, uh, people don't want to be scattered about. What is the behind the Facebook? What's behind on Instagram? They want to unite everybody together. They want to connect everybody together. We want to co- connect it with my friends. We want to connect it with our, uh, this relative. They never, they want to connect it, but the people never been so lonely. And they try to connect it themselves, but instead, in the Tower of Babel time, they try to put themselves together, but God anyway still scattered them abroad. And the people have been, never been so scattered. They're not only the people from each other are scattered, but their thoughts has been so scattered, never been scattered that what we have that age today. The purpose of those times, then the people, they try to make themselves a name. And they try to not to be scattered, but they're not according to the right way that God give us. And God do want to give us a name, but not our name, but His name. God do want us to be united, but not to be united with each other, but united with His Word. By uniting with His Word, automatically we're united with each other. Because the uniting force is not our emotion. Uniting force is not our family tie. But uniting force is the Word of God revealed in this age, personally to each other. That way united the people together. God does want to give us a name. But that is not our own name, but His name to be glorified. When we take His name instead of our name, when we take His name, not to the church name, when we take His name, not my last name or your last name, or whoever had a famous name, then our name, that name, we united ourselves. Not only but with Jesus Christ, we united ourselves with each other. That we possess that same name. He wants us to get us together. God doesn't want us to be scattered. He wants us to be united with His Word. When He revealed His Word, that's the force to unite us together, united us within Him. But you see, all those things that we saw, that each every day, that it become right in front of our face. All this uh, that we're thinking of the... Uh, the the depressions, the, the pressures that what we have in this hour. And so go to the, you go to the work and then you go to the school and you have to face all of those. And some of the, some of the things that, that you never saw before, but now it is not only that you see every day, you're rubbing shoulder with the people who the devil possessed every day. And there are, there are, you dare not to say one word to against them. The one word you see that against them, then they will, they will, they will find a place, uh, find a place, or go to the law to sue you. But you say it doesn't matter that we have to speak it outspokenly to against it. Sometime our silence, it shows our attitude to all those things. 
Sometimes when we're frowning our, frowning our eyes, sometimes it's the one we're, uh, during the, the lunchtime when we pray before our lunch, and sometimes when they're speaking a dirty joke, and then we are frowning and we're walking away, that shows our standard. That shows our attitude to roll those things. But those things has already happened in many years ago. Even in the Bible time, in the Sodom's age, and at a different age, in the, in the Roman's time, and the Roman Empire's time. All those things has already happened. It's not something that's uh, as anything new. But all those things become intensified and condensed in this age. It become a more and more. It become a more brisen and bolded than ever. And all the sources, all the forces in this world is not trying to support you, but it's to support those things. And to try to discourage you to say anything about it and to act anything about it. But in the message, God's provided a way of dealing with the sin. Brother Branham said, he said, uh, he said, uh, watch nature. If you want to see God, God in His great nature, He said, you watch just before the sun come up of the morning. He said, Isaiah, I believe it was the prophet at one time. He said, watchman, what of the night? He said, and the night cometh, and the, mor- and the morning cometh, and then the night also. He said, if you notice, it was just scripturally in order. Watch, the first thing come, before the night come, always before the daylight is the darkest. It's always the darkest just before the break of day. He said, "Is it because the light is oppress is oppressing and condensing the darkness, and that is at the time that the morning star comes out." So when we see the world getting darker and darker, and those things become more and more. And of course, we saw the, all the devices, we saw the technology, the trick of the devil. It was keeping up the invention, and all the inventions is coming up. More disaster, more killing, and both physically and spiritually. And all those things is becoming more intensified than ever. But you have to understand, while devil is intensified, the word of God has become intensified too. When Satan's trick becomes more and more condensed as the force is, but the bleeding bloody word becomes more condensed than ever too. Because whenever there's a, there's a horse rider is coming out, God always is sending the force to against it. So it doesn't matter what is the age has become. What is the, it doesn't matter what is the Satan, his force has consolidated together, but God has his force consolidated together too. And all the word that has revealed to us, the force, the power of the word has to show, and it never been age like this age. Why is it that the world has become darker and darker? Is it not just because the devil's force become increased? But it's because another world is coming. Because God is a, He's oppressing this uh, sinful world that we're living in. It's just as the darkness, the darkest is when the morning, before the morning break. 
So it's the same thing when this age become a darker, when you become a more pressure, when you feel a more complex that is the happiness that around you and spiritually and mentally, and then you feel like it is such a hard time to live a godly life. But it's not to, to, to emphasize what is the Satan's power, but it's to let you to know there's a power that from another world is oppressing this world. And it's in this time that you find out that the raised children that in a in a godly atmosphere they become a soul heart, and they try to teach them the way of God that they become a soul heart, and to live a fervent and a passionate and a zeal life, zealous life for Jesus Christ, and to against this lukewarmness to invading into our life, into our church, into our family, that they become a harder and a harder. The pressure of the work, the pressure of a living, the pressure of a paying the bill, and all those things seems like it become a press, uh, pressurized, it become intensified, it become more harder than ever. But let me tell you the good news. The reason because of that is because the depressing of another world that is coming forth. It's because God intensified His force. It tried to push the darkness. So the darkness is a congeal them together. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. This is the time that we rise it up because your light is coming. Is God oppressing this world? Is God's world is oppressing this world? Is Him to try to reveal His mystery that toward to us? Then make himself become a more reality to us than ever. In a crisis, the mystery of God revealed. But Abraham said that all this mystery is revealed only as a promised to his bride. He said that hell is against this truth of the revelation of the mystery. But a bride is standing on it. That's her stand. And we see it in this age, it's the age that we need to have the absolute. That's my title, steward of that absolute. This is the age that is only when you hold to, hold true to that absolute, and that's the absolute will hold you. And we saw that the scripture was talking about Stephen. That's the person to me that is the steward of that absolute. That's the person that holds the absolute and absolutely true to that absolute. No matter what happens, what comes, what goes, no matter how dangerous he's facing, no matter how many people, the thousands of them gnashing their teeth and cutting their heart and they try to do this harm, but he's not pulling no punches and just telling them you're stiff necked. Brother Bram said that God provided an approach to divine fellowship. He said, a little Stephen, after he had come under the blood, stood there and he preached until his face shined like an angel. He said, I don't believe it is shining like one of those light. Certainly not. And an angel that isn't, that don't always have to mean a shining light. And an angel is an, is a, a messenger. Somebody that knows what they are talking about. He said, I believe it when Stephen stood up there in the morning at the Sanhedrin court, when he had him try to condemn him and so forth, he said, which one of your father hasn't condemned the Holy Ghost and it turned it away? 
and etc. etc. He said, and then Brother Abraham said, he said, uh, he said, you stiff neck, uncircumcised in the heart and the ears. He said, knowing it would have cost his life. What did he care? He know what he was talking about. Why? He had come under the blood. And been up there at the Pentecost. And was under Shekinah glory. And he didn't care what anyone said. Death didn't mean nothing to him. He was so sure and so filled with the Spirit. Till they began to run up on him and gnashing their teeth. And break his head in with the rocks and things like that. But even death didn't even hide his fellowship. He raised his hand and said, I see Jesus. Even death cannot hide his fellowship with Christ. Death cannot hide the fellowship, if I should say, with the absolute. He got a constant fellowship with the absolute. No matter what situation that is in, even in death, he's still keeping his fellowship with that absolute. And the prophet said, you couldn't hide him from the fellowship because he still maintained that perfect fellowship with Christ. Even when a rocks was beating his head in. If we say that today, no matter what happened, you know, sometimes we go through the rough time. Not sometime, I think all the time that we go through the rough time. How can you expect to live easier in this Satan's Eden? How can you expect that the world to treat you better than yesterday? It cannot be. The devil was, he was intensified and condensed more and more is to try to, try to let you get compromised. But it's in those time, in those pressurized time, in the fault, and in some time you made a mistake, and sometime you get awakened. It's in those time that's the need to keep the perfect fellowship, no matter what's happened to us. And I'll say this is, Stephen has an absolute that he possessed that no matter what situation he's in, and that he have the perfect fellowship with him. And we talk about Jesus, when he was in his critical moment, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, and when he comes to the critical moment, and he did more death in the garden of Gethsemane than he, when he was on the cross. But even in those times, he still keeps the perfect fellowship. That with the absolute that I hold. And then he said, not my will, but Lord, let your will be done. And then in those time, that the power of that absolute, that start to manifest. And it's when we hold true, stay true, and yield ourselves to that absolute. And that's the time when we hold true to it. And that's the power is going to be manifested to our life. And we'll see, I'll say that Stephen has the tie post. That he tied to. No matter in what situation that he's in, that his typos was ne- it was always be true to Jesus Christ. You know, in the first Thessalonians chapter five and twenty-one, it said, "Approve all things, hold fast that which is uh, good." In this age, there are people that are talking about you got to prove this. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta test if this is the true or not. And everything is, uh, can be doubted and everything, and it can be suspicious about. You can, uh, g- give a question mark 
and everything. But you see, you can give a question mark to everything, every, anything else but to the Word of God. You cannot put a question mark on what is the Word of God has said. Why? Because this Word has been proved, has been vindicated. If this Word has not been proven, you have a right to doubt it. But the ones of the hundreds of the thousands of the time has been proven this word to be true. You only left the one responsibility that is a whole fast to which is good. Amen. And then you must be focused on that. Everything else that it can be put it away. But this you must be hold true to it. This is the age that the devil don't want you to totally give it up, but he wants you compromise. This is the age the devil don't want you to totally give up, but he wants to distract you. Because they know as soon as you distract, you become confused. The confusion always comes when you are distracted. When you are distracted, then you start to getting out of the line instead of staying in line. God wants us to be fellowship with the oh, absolute. Not fellowship with a man's idea. Not fellowship with a doctor's diagnosis. Not fellowship with a human emotion. Not fellowship with a psychology. Not fellowship with the universal values. Not fellowship with the political right. You must be fellowship with something that is absolutely the truth. There's only one absolutely the truth. That is the absolute that in this hour God has revealed it to us. This is the one that we need to be fellowship with. It's not the fellowship that what the people on the YouTube said. It's not the fellowship that with some men's advice. It's a fellowship with the proven to be the truth. When you hold true to that, that's the one when everybody dying around you and you're still standing on. But what devil tried to do, he was to try all he can and to try to distract you. But remember talking about a story. He talked about a sheep and a shepherd. And uh, that's the, ma- uh, the message in the 1956 as a shepherd of the sheepfold. And he talked about he went to the oriental place and, um, uh, and then he saw there was a fleet of sheep coming. And they said, when all this breaks is creaking, when a sheep was coming into the city, the town. And he said, I raised it up on the outside and I sinned a sin. I never had a thought I ever would. It's a ride down through the middle of the street, not stopping for a red light or nothing. Come a shepherd and all of his sheep are following him. All the brakes and cars, everything stopped for the shepherd. I said, the priest will be to God. He said, oh, said, oh, he's an important person. He talked about that shepherd and all the sheep is following him. You know that there's only one important person on this earth that you need to be following? That is the great shepherd of Jesus Christ that we have. And the great shepherd of Jesus Christ is his word is nothing else but his word. And he has made it personally to you. And the brother said, he said that he's an important person. He said, follow him a little. We watch him. He went right over into the little street place and all laying out on each side of the street. There was all the market and the people selling stuff. And I said, well, 
He said, why didn't them sheep turn that way? You know, there's so many distractions, if I can call it. And one of the sheep was going there, the shepherd was, uh, was leading them. There's uh, so many things that can be distracted, that, that, that can make the sheep be uh, uh, distracted. But you see, those sheep, they never even pay attention to the left and to the right. No matter how glistening, no matter how shining the things that all the, uh, the copper uh, pots and all the, 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 the call, the hollering, the, the shouting and everything, the sheep doesn't pay attention to it. He said, why is it? He said, why didn't them sheep turn that way? Then a person said, they everyone follow the shepherd wherever he goes, the sheep follows. If we called ourselves to be the sheep, which we are, then in the nature of the sheep, their eyes is keep focused on the shepherd. No matter what, how shiny that the things are on the side, on the roadside, but the sheep's eye is always follow the shepherd. Because they haven't been followed the shepherd since they were born. And if you are born from above, you got a nature that is in you. You cannot be distracted by anything else, but only follow that great shepherd. He said, where he leads them. Then Brother Bram said, yes. He said, where he leads me, I will follow. And that is the sheep's nature. Whenever the shepherd lead us, he will follow. And some sheep, the, the, the one time I was watching a little clip, it was in Nepal, in the, in the Himalaya mountain over there. There's a shepherd that was leading all the sheep and the, from going to the, the mountain area, the grazing. And that after they're done, the shepherd was just, uh, uh, was a ragged little boy, got a little backpack his own. And uh, he was just uh, running out, uh, and he doesn't even look at the sheep. You know, sometimes the shepherd doesn't look at us, seems like. His eyes, it seems like they're not upon the sheep at all. Why? The shepherd know I give you the sheep nature. The sheep nature is my nature. And my nature is living in you. If my life is living in you, you don't need to see me. Oh, Lord, pet me a little bit. Lord, to do this a little bit. Wherever the shepherd goes, that sheep will follow that shepherd. That ragged boy, how ragged it is. It was just a darken on the face. Of the sm- because he was living on the outside, living with the sheep. He doesn't have nothing to be beholding at. Nothing good to, uh, uh, nice looking at about him. But that shepherd was in front of the sheep, just hollering, ho, 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 ho. He was keep saying the same word. And that sheep recognized it. Every sheep followed that shepherd. You know, our God and the great shepherd doesn't have the tentacling in our eyes. Doesn't have the tentacling in our ears. He only is saying the one word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. This is your absolute. And that sheep know his voice. He doesn't have to have something new, something refreshing, something glaring coming up so that he can look at, he will follow that sheep herder. Sometimes the shepherd leads the sheep to go into the mountain and go through the water. Then they're going through the dangerous area. But that sheep is always following that shepherd. Because where that shepherd is, where is sifty. It's not where the peoples are, where is the sifty. If without a shepherd, all the sheep get together, just become a big meal for wolf. 
Is that true? But with the shepherd, no matter how many dangers that are around, if that sheep can hear the voice of the shepherd and that sheep will follow that shepherd, that means safety. As long as we hear the word of God in this hour, that is through the God called in the ministry, that is preaching to us, and through the message of this hour has been proven, as long as you hear that voice, follow that sheep herder. Seems like sometimes the shepherd will lead us to go through dangers. But as long as that shepherd or great shepherd's there, no matter how dangerous it look like, the sheep are always safe. It's not by numbers. It's not by the people's advice. It's not by we huddle together that will make us safety. Just follow the voice of that great shepherd. And Brother Bram said, he said, do they ever drop out of the line? Does sheep ever drop out of the line? It's not a tricky question. And then a person said, if one ever drop out or disobeys, it's because he's sick. Does sheep ever drop out of line? Yes. 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 But is that making him an unsheep? He's a steel sheep. No matter good sheep or bad sheep, a sheep is a sheep. No matter obeying sheep or disobeying sheep, a sheep is a sheep. Shepherd will never leave a bad sheep behind. Shepherd will never let the drop the sheep without a drop out of the line behind. And I saw that a little boy, and it was a hauling, ho, 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 and then all the sheep follow. But there was some sheep, and when it crossed the bridge, that sheep just dropped into the water. Because that sheep was too weak. And you know what is the, the sheep, sheep herder did? And he'd leave all the sheep, and he'd go down to the water, pick that sheep up, Amen. and put it on his shoulder, and he carried him home. And God do the same thing to us. The sheep ever drop out of line? Yes. Because the sheep got sick too. Sheep can get weak. You may in a brother Panama when he saw the division, he saw and the, the, the bride preview. And when he come, and the, 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 they are coming from all the different nation. And some from Asia, some from Europe, some from Africa, some from North America. But they're all sheep. They all call the bride of Jesus Christ. But at last, he said that there was a several of them that was a, a out of the line. And it started to what? It started to look left. It started to look right. They started to be distracted by the things that are in this world. But as they said here, even the sheep, and sometimes they drop out of the line. But he said, if they ever drop out of the line because it's a sick. But that doesn't mean that that sheep is not sheep anymore. The shepherd just leave them alone. And he's a sheep, it is a sheep. And you are still the sheep of the shepherd. And he will never lose one of you. It's not because there's some time where we drop out of the line. That means that you don't believe the message anymore. 
But sometimes you just get weakened. Sometimes you just get tired. And sometimes you just get sick. Sometimes the battle becomes so fierce that you become disheartened. Sometimes the pressure gets so big that you become discouraged. And sometimes it becomes this complex, it becomes so complicated. And the things that have happened to you are just so overwhelming that a sheep become weakened. Sometimes fighting with Satan is not an easy battle. But that doesn't mean you're not a bride. Sometimes the battle becomes prolonged. It seems like it's just day after day, night after night. It seems like nothing changed. The, the improvement of the, of the surrounding circumstances seems they're never going to come. Then the sheep start to drop out of the line. It's not said that they don't believe. But Brother Bram said, is it all? Spiritually speaking, he said, a sick sheep tonight. Why did you drop out of the line? The great shepherd with his healing balm is here tonight to bundle it all up and bring you back to the walk of the Christian life again. Sometimes the battle getting so hard, so hot, that we start to getting weakened. Our faith is still getting weakened. But you know, the voice of the prophet never ceased. I'll say the voice of the God never ceased. Even during the vision, when he came out of that, the brother Abraham said he was still hearing him saying, stay in line, stay in line, stay in line. What is this calling for? It's not your strength. And you try to get out of the water. It's not your strength, ability. You try to get out of the water. You know, that little sheep that I saw in the clip, that would drop into, drop into the water, drop into the river. The river was very rapid. And that sheep can do nothing. That that sheep, the only thing the sheep can do, he just, bah, bah, just bah. He would just keep calling, just keep calling. You know the shepherd knows exactly the sheep's voice? It's not only the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. The shepherd also knows sheep's voice. When a sheep is in a distress, they're giving an uncertain sound. They give it a, they give it a different sound. That shepherd was walking behind, walking in front. But as soon as he heard that sound of that sheep, his eyes is keep on that sheep. When you're in a distress, when we're dropped out of the line, don't just give up. Don't just lay there and roll over and then die. Calling out to God. Not only sheep know shepherd's voice, shepherds know your voice too. He doesn't need your pretending voice. He doesn't need your voice. I'm okay. I'm a man. I've been in the church for 20 years. What you talking about? I can go over this. Calling out on him. You need that shepherd. The shepherd also hear the sheep's voice. But as of the whole process, the sheep never left his, his eyes. Never, never let his eyes off of the shepherd. 
Even when he was in the distress, even when the sheep was flushing away by the river, but a strange thing, that sheep never, his eyes never moved from the shepherd. Even while he was rapidly, it was going down the river, his eyes still follow the shepherd. His eyes still looking at the shepherd. I was thinking, what a great lesson that we need to learn. Amen. While we're in the rapid flowing of this world, sometimes, <coughs> sometimes that we feel that we're just go down the hill too fast. Sometimes we just feel we go along this life. And instead of going up, we just go down the hill. Seems like a four-wheel drive we're going dashing down. But don't you worry. You're still the sheep. When sheep in the distress, calling on the shepherd. And keep your eyes still on the shepherd. And that shepherd was saw that there's a begging eyes that offers the sheep. And he was left at. If that sheep doesn't calling out, it was just going on. It was just rolling it over. It was just going to die. It's just going to drown. But when you're the desperate, when you're the distress, is that something sometimes that you try to pretending, try to I'll go over it? That's the time that you need to keep your eye focused and fixed on the shepherd. Lord, my help is coming from you. My help is not coming from any man said. My help is coming from the word of God revealed in this hour. It's not coming from some advice from the people, but my advice is coming from here. Because the word of God, the scripture of God cannot be broken. And he's talking about in the east. He said to lay them all them things on the street. He said, here comes this shepherd who is about a strand of sheep, almost a city block long. Walking right down, not ten feet on the either side, was dandy things to eat, like pears, like the papayas, and everything laying out on the street. And he walked right down the street, and not one sheep turned right or left to take the thing. I said, what about that fellow? He said, them sheep is so devoted to the shepherd, till they pay no attention to nothing, but they follow him. The prophet said, said, oh, I thought, oh God, your church should be so devoted to you that the temptations of the world has nothing to do with them. They keep their mind on the shepherd. The sheep will only follow the shepherd's voice. There are so many glare things that are on this earth. So many glares. And it seems like it's so true, yet it's a million miles from the truth. It seems like it's so right, but it's absolutely the fault. Why? Because it's a glare. Do you realize the glare become more intensified? Do you realize the glare of the world and it become a more brighter than ever? You know why? Because you're closing to the light. Glare is not the source of light. Glare is only a reflection of the true light. But you'll find out when you're getting closer to the light, the glare is also followed. 
There's a reflectors along the road. If I say this is the light, that's the source of light. But if I can by any means walking closer to the light, and if there's a mirrors just on, along the way, you will find out that the glare become brighter and brighter. Why? Because they're reflecting the, the true light. The glare of this world, the glare of the false truth, that it become more brighter, more clear than ever. When you're getting closer to the light, when you're walking towards the light, you almost walk into the light, you will find out that the devil become a more impersonate, have a more impersonation than ever. He will use all the things that seem like the innocent, harmless, and to tell you, oh, just do a little bit of this, or just do a little bit of that. It wouldn't hurt. That is the glare. And then the people say, oh, this is the truth. Oh, that is the truth. That is just a glare. You need to do is to go continually walk into the light. When you become the, when you walk, start walking closer to the light, you will walk into the light. And all the glares is just to try to distract you. You know, one time, I was a, I was a little boy. I was just, yeah, not one time, I was a little boy. I was a little boy. And I was, I, I was sicking all the time. I was coughing all the time. I was, uh, if, if one week I didn't go to the hospital or get a shot, I, it was a miracle. So almost every week, my mom has to take me to the hospital and to get shot because I was coughing. I was just, just got all kinds of uh, uh, sickness. It just, the uh, body was very weak. You know? That's why my brother's uh, six foot. I'm just uh, a little shorter than him. <laughs> and so I was just going to the hospital all the time. And in China, they don't give you medicine. They, they want to get you, get over quickly. So they just give you a shot. Every time, oh, I hate it. Every time I cough, I try to pretend I'm not coughing, but I just coughing. And I guess say, mom said, let's go to the hospital, give you a shot. Oh, I hate a hospital because the doctor always give me a shot. And, uh, and, uh, the one time and I, I go there because I'm just fighting, I'm struggling. I, I'm just flying everywhere. I don't want, I don't want to get shot. Is that called shot? Or injection or whatever. And so, and I go there to the doctor, this time, it was, a, it was a new doctor. This doctor is, is very good. He's different. And he looked at me. He's talking to me. And then he said, uh, Oh, look there. I look there. Bang! <laughs> and I was so hurt. Hurt than ever. Might as well just don't tell me that. I was so mad. I was almost one of them. I just punch him on the face. He had some biceps on my arm. And it was just so... I was Oh, that was so hurt. Why do you do that? You see, that's the Satan's do the same thing. He was to try to distract you. You know why he tried to distract you? Because he want to get his injections on you. He's to try to get his ideas on you. He's to get his mind on you. What you need, don't care about what is the glare. What about the people who sit outside? Go straight to the word of God in this hour. That is the word, what God wants us to do. Stay with the word. When you stay with the word, the word is your cure. When you stay with the word, the word is your answer for every situation that you have.
I better get her out. When you're, when you're staying with the word, when you become a steward of the word, then you become a signboard of God. Brother Bram said, In the light shall light so shine before man. He said, You got to have something that is a little different from what the rest of them, this God. Or if it's just so common, like the things of the world, it will never attract the attention of the people. What to attract the attention of the people is not a how nice a person that you are. You have to think of what is that attract to you. What attracted to you is to reveal the word in this hour to you. If this reveal to Christ is not attracting you, if it's just a knowledge attracted to you, sooner or later, you are going off of the line. What is attracted to the outer person beside you? It's that you possessed a different life that attracted that person. Because that person saw the different life that they lived, that they wonder what produced that life. What make that a person to live a life like that? They cannot pinpoint it to see exactly what that life is. But if you are the believer... And if you're the child of a God, there's something just imitated that from you that the people cannot explain. But if they have something in them, that will attract them. Then he said, so I believe that a Christian is God's billboard. I believe that each one of us is God's billboard. And we don't have to do so much of carrying on about as we do. Just simply live such a life that will make the people hungry to be like you. And Brother Bram said that you cannot sell anybody anything to eat unless they're hungry. He said the only way that the world will ever see Christ is when they see it in you and in me. You have to understand what he said. The only way the world will ever see Christ is when they see it in you and in me. That's the only way they will ever see Christ. Now remember, their conscience are numb to the sunset, to the call of the birds, to the leaves, to the grass, to the flowers and the music, and the message, and so forth, that we enjoy after we have found Christ. But until we get to a place that we display Jesus Christ. You can show them in the sunset. It doesn't move them. You can show them in the star in the sky. It doesn't move them. You can show them in the church building. It won't move them. You can show the BCA school building. You won't miss them. Right. 
It's the people that are living in there, the life that will move them. You know, the people can enjoy sunset just naturally, just like we enjoy. The people can go to the mountain and to enjoy the nature, just like what we enjoy. But you see, there's some misconnections there. They can enjoy the nature, but they will never, but the nature will never lead them to God. They can enjoy it as a sunset, but it will never move them, the tear running down, to know there's a Creator who done that. They can go to the church to enjoy the atmosphere, but it will never make them connected that this is for them. This is the God who makes the atmosphere. And that they need to give their heart to the Lord and need to be repentant and to their life to be transformed. And they can never do that. There is a misconnections there. And you see, they can hear the word. We can hear the word. It was so different for us. But you see, when they hear the word of God, it's nothing there. Because there is no receiver that is within them for them to receive, to be connected with God, the creator, that for himself. You know, the people can enjoy the sunset. They can go to the nature. And it just doesn't bother them. It just make them have still atheists as atheists. And the most of them just like the pig under the apple tree, constantly eating apple without lifting their head up to see where the apple coming from. Do we enjoy promotion? Do we enjoy our salary getting increased? Does the worldly people enjoy it? You bet. Everybody enjoy that. But you know, there's a misconnections there. For the believer, we know this is coming from God. And I'm going to use it for God. But for the people in the world, they just say, oh, this is my ability. I deserve it. I deserve to do this. I deserve to have that. There's a misconnections over there. But you see that the people, they can come into the church. If there's a misconnections over there, they will never receive what you received. It will never move them. But in order for the person to receive anything, that person needs to have a receiver that is in them. So that when the word of God was preaching, then something that stirs in their heart, then it connected with God, said, this is coming from God. This is the God and making it a person know for myself. Then they connected. That is not just the sitting in the church, like sitting in any church. They know this is something different. Then when the people show you, if you live a life, if it's just to the common world, probably doesn't mean anything to them. But if there is a predestinated seed that is in that person, when you live a life before them, something calling in them. Something calling in them said, I want that. I want that person's life. Listen, your life to live is not for the cannon fathers. Your life to live before the people is for the seed of God. So don't try to use other way, try to pursue them. Don't try to use other way, try to convince them. Only use one thing, let your token life be living before them. Your emotion won't get your children back. Your other things won't get your children back. The only thing will get your children back is to live a life in the message life and living before them. Yeah. 
You standing true to God's word. You stay true to God's word. No matter how many people say what, no matter how many people left, but you stay true to God's word. Life where life will attract them. He said the world will look at you to see what Christ is. So we don't want to smear a big lot of stuff on there that testify about things that we really are not. Let's first be that. Be what? Be Christ. Be Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. That's the mystery. But the whole house is against that revelation. We can say that God is in church. We can say that God in my dad or in my father or in my mom or in this brother in that brother. What about God in you? He said, then when we be that, then the world will see Christ in you and you me and in me. You see, the whole thing is only hinges on one thing. To receive Christ that is in you. For the young people, that is to receive Christ that is in you. For the middle age, that is to receive Christ. Constantly fellowship with the absolute. For older people, it's the same thing. To receive Christ in you and have a constant fellowship, no matter in death or in life, in trials or in a smooth situation or everything. Constantly fellowship with that absolute. Constantly give yourself to that absolute. If the absolute tell you the decision to be made, then you give yourself to the absolute. If your absolute tell you to go here, then you go here. If your absolute tell you stay put and don't say anything and don't do anything, just wait until I come on the scene. The battle is not yours, but it's mine. Then you stay put until the battle is over. Brother Bram said, "Don't think he's a salesman." So don't think we are his salesman. We're not Jesus Christ's salesman. He don't need any salesman, salesmanship, just billboard. That's all God needs to do. How to do? Just yield yourself as a blank paper so that God can write things on you. That will touch the person who God predestinated. And that will touch your children. And that would touch their classmates. And that would touch your co- co-workers. Amen. You really don't have to be a preacher. Unless God gave you the gift to, to preach to them. But God gave everyone the gift. That to live a Christ-like life. That be forward to the people. If you can die to yourself. That Him living in you. That person of Jesus Christ will live through you. But Abraham said, I don't believe in this high pressure cell stuff. That's the reason I don't believe it in religion. If I've got a product that's good, it will sell itself. Isn't that wonderful? You know, that's, uh, behooves to us. You must be make sure that product is good. If I don't have a face to that product, I will feel bad to sell somebody else. If I don't know Christ Jesus is a good product, can save, can change a person, can transform a life, can heal, can do a miracle, can deliver, how can I sell to people? I'll become a hypocrite. My face will flush. 
If I try to sell something, that doesn't mean that to me. I try to sell something, doesn't mean heartily to me. I will be a hypocrite to doing that. And when I, but if I do have that, I prove that experience of that, this is a good product. Then I'm bold enough to teach anybody that will try this product. The product will sell itself. If Christ is living in you, you and that Christ become the harmonized product. That's the one unit. Christ is not outside, but Christ is the inside. You're not selling outside the Christ to the people. You're selling the inside Christ to the people. You must be make sure this product is good. You can't be just, uh, you know, I feel better today and this product is good. I don't feel better t- tomorrow and then the product is just laid it aside. The product is 24 hours, 365. And it lasts forever to eternity. As long as you yield yourself to that absolute. And then when you prove that product... You need to possess that product. And then you and that product become a one. You know, for a believer, we need to know the strength of this message. You have to experience the strength of this message. The message is not just talking about, but something that is a reality you would experience day in and day out. And the same message... The prophet said, we don't have to have a big audience. We don't have to preach to 10,000. We don't have to even preach. We can be God's advertisement board. How do you know that your life might not start some young man on the gospel? You think about it, Stephen. And he preached the gospel. And he, uh, he go to a certain place and done the miracles and still doing all the wonders. But the last wonder and a miracle that he did... And he gave himself as a signboard, as a billboard. And he gave his life. And then his life touched the one person. Thousands of them miss it. But one person received it. And not received it right then. And is received it later on. Months later, maybe years later. Then named Paul. But the premise said it was because that he saw Christ in you. Is you presented Christ to him in a simple power of the gospel. And he talked about a Paul. He said he never get away from him. Because he's in Christ reflected. How did Stephen do it? He never performed any miracle. Although he knew that Christ was a miracle performer. He knew all his powers and things. But what did he do? He just presented his life in such a way. That they seen that it was the power of a Christ. So what is the power of a Christ? The life of a Christ that is living in the person. That is the power of a Christ. He said, you may never see a vision. You may never put your hands on a sick person and feel the charge of the Almighty God. Make a skeleton of a man turn back to life again. You may never see him standing yonder in three or four rainbows. You may never see his image. You may never hear his voice, but still you can be a signboard. 
manifested Jesus Christ about a life that's been so pure and unadulterated from the world. Not smarted up with the dirty things around your life, but a pure thing that will cause the hungry heart to hunger and thirst to be like Him. Then he said to Stephen, he was an advertisement board for a hungry world. You see, well, how many was there? He said, there was maybe 5,000. And how many of them got saved? He said, there was one. He never accepted it right then, but years later. He said, when he saw that advertisement of the power of the resurrected Christ in that little fellow, it never got away from him. You said, I live this life a year in, a year out. Why the situation never change? Continue living it. Paul never received it then. You know, actually, Paul go the opposite way. Can I give you a quote? But I said, and Paul holds a quote that had put him for weeks after weeks upon the ash heap. Paul saw Stephen was killed, stoned. Though the Lord is dealing with him, but he said that weeks after weeks upon Asheb, he's walking back and forth until his mind had been polluted. Until he was on his road down to Damascus to try to fight a way out. Like a man going to a whiskey bottle to try to draw his sorrow. Paul saw that. God dealing with him. He saw the life there was a different. There's a people beside you saw the life that is different. There's your children saw your life is different. They might not admit it. They will never confess it. And they will try to go the opposite of the way. But they can never get away from the lived life that you have. They might be getting drunken. They might go to this world. They might go to that world. They might get worse than ever. But they can never turn away with the life that they lived before you. And Paul was successfully in having Stephen stoned. But all through his life, until his surrender to Christ, he was never able to get away from that message. The message is, I see heaven open. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, something got a hold of him. It wasn't the messenger. It was the message that he had. He said, you might laugh at a messenger. You might be able even to kill him. But you cannot kill the message. And that the people that you witness to, that the children that you live the life of before them, and that the things that it seems like they're never getting better, it's just getting worse. And maybe they're who the saw your life has lived year after year, just seeing that, oh, that's just an accident. Oh, that's just coincidence. That's just a feeling. You know, that's just my mom. That's just my dad. Oh, that's just my husband. And that's just my, 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 uh, my wife. You know, you can kill the messenger, but you cannot kill the message. You can say to the messenger, say, no, no, that's not Jesus Christ. That's not what I want to believe. I want to go into this wrong way. I want to go to drinking. I want to go to partying. I want to go to all of that. They can kill the messenger. 
as a daddy, as a mommy, but you hold true to that token, they can never kill that message. The message hanging around them, wherever they go, they will become miserable unless they give their life to the Lord. Why is that? Because the word of God cannot be broken. The scripture of the Lord cannot be broken. I'll try to wrap it up over here. What did I say the last week? As long as I preach you, Paul. I won't be long. Brother Bram has said, he said, that's another dimension that many people know so little of. But God live in that place. And the only thing you have to do is not think about your senses, how you feel. Just believe what he said, for the scriptures cannot be broken. That's the absolute. If that's the absolute, it cannot be broken. Jesus said that the scriptures cannot be broken. If the God said that the, the word of God, word of God, kind of falls under the prophets and call them a God, and that He said, "I call him myself the Son of God." Why do you stone me? Because the word of God, the Scripture of God, cannot be broken. You know the broken. What does it mean in the Hebrew? That means to be loosened. You know the word of God is not that a loosey goosey. Is that a right word? I hope I didn't say it wrong. It's not something loose. It's not something slack. That's the right word. It's not that the Lord says something. Okay, sorry, I made a mistake. Okay, sorry, this word is for them, but not for you. If it is for one person, it's for every person. If it come on the same base. God is not just slacking in it's a promise. Whatever He promises, the word of Scripture cannot be broken. Then He said, who has more authority to see that than Him? The scripture cannot be broken. If Jesus said that the works that I do, you shall do it also, that cannot be broken. Yet a little while in the world will see me not, ye are, ye will see me, for I will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. The scripture cannot be broken. If the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, it cannot be broken. Register in your heart. The scripture of God cannot be broken. Then it has to be the same principle. The same in power. The same in vision. The same in might. It cannot be broken. Jesus says so. And God is not stacking in his word. In his promise. If God is not stacking in his promise. Then every word of God. Is to be the truth. No matter what situation that you're going through, but the scripture of God cannot be broken. No matter how we word the situation your children seems to be, but a promise of a God cannot be broken. Because the scripture of a God is forever true to those people that believe in Him. If you're the absolute holder, the steward of that absolute, the absolute will never become a loosened, will never become a slackened. Whatever he said to you, and he will do. The word said, 
in the in the Joshua chapter one verse five. So there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of their life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, and I will not fail thee nor forsaken thee. Is that word for Joshua, or is that word for us? Is that just the word for Brother Branham, or is it the word for us? The scripture of God cannot be broken. Then it said, "Have not I commanded thee?" Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Is that for that day, or is it for this day? The scripture of God cannot be broken. If it is only for that day, it's not for today. The word is broken. There is a misconnection somewhere there. But there is no misconnection in God's word. There is no misconnection in the times. Whatever he said to that age is also for this age too. It's for Brother Brenham, it's for you and me too. You that go through jobs, there has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Everybody going through it. But God is faithful. Not man is faithful. Not you are faithful. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. He will not let you suffer above that you are able to bear it. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. He's not a totally eliminated of the trials, not a totally eliminated the situation, but he said, I will give you a great escape. You're going through all the confusion and everything, but I'll prepare you a door that you can get out of that. And I give you an instruction that you can get to the great escape. As long as you follow the blueprint of a God, you will find that door. And that door is Jesus Christ. He is your answer. The message of this hour is your answer. You stay true to that, you will find that door. You that have a burden, you that heavy in the heart, situation after situation, seems like you are crumbling. He said, come unto me. All ye that labor. Sometimes we labor, we labor. You got tired. You got weary. You got awakened. Even in the faith. But he said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. It's not just a vacation give you rest. It's not just a siesta give you a rest. But he said, that person said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn on me, for I make a no way in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. And then Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. That means don't be afraid. 
The devil will try to do this, or try the devil will try to do that. Don't be afraid. Don't be careful. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Sheep calling on the shepherd. Shepherds know his sheep's voice too. He said, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. To you that pray for your children. To you that pray for your loved ones. Isaiah 49, 25. I'm marking it down. But thus says to the Lord, even the captives, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contend with thee. In another word, I will be your enemy's enemy. Your enemy has to take your children away. Your enemy has to drive your loved ones away. Make them become a cold and formal or just sitting like a, just like a numb, the person sitting on the log. But what God said, He said, I will contend with him that contend with thee. Is that you try to contend with it? But he said, I will contend with them that contend with thee. Then he said, I will save thy children. This is thus says the Lord. Not that says the Murphy, not says the Edibisco, not says the Murray. This is thus says the Lord. He said, I will save your children. Mark this there. Jeremiah 31, 15. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah. That scripture was quoted by the Lord in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, when he wrote and killed all the children under two years old. He said, a voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation. And bitter whipping. What a sad, sad situation. He said, Rachel, Rachel weeping for her children. Why? Because they were all killed. They died. They're not in their all to be situation, position. They're all dead. They're killed by Harold. And spiritually speaking, how many children has been killed by the hero of this age? By the world, by the things that are in the world, by the devices that the Satan had. And Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted. How can mom be comforted when she knows her children is not with her? How can daddy get converted if no other children doesn't have a born again experience? It's just like coming into the church or going out of the church without a true experience with God. How can parents be comforted? Is that a Rachel whipping and refuse to be comforted for her children because they were not. They're not in there ought to be. But how I'm thankful to the next verse. 
in verse 16, verse 16, chapter 31. But thus says the Lord, it said, refrain thy voice from weeping and thy eyes from tears. For thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. I was thinking, how many works that you've been doing? You pray for them. You're washing dishes. You be a godly mom that at home. You be a godly father. Live a life before them. You go to work. You're making money. You're supporting the need. You have done a lot of work for your loved ones. What does God said? He said, refrain. Thus says the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thy eyes from tear. For thy work shall be rewarded. All the things that you do for your children, for God, you will be rewarded. He will be your reward. No matter what situation that you are in, no matter how many things has happened to you, you will be rewarded. Keep doing that. Keep working on them. Keep praying for them. Keep coming to the church. Keep believing the word. Stay with the absolute. Your works shall be rewarded. He said, thus says to the Lord, they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Does the enemy have to deprive them? Does the enemy have to captivate them? Does the enemy have to take them out of your boundary and go to his border? Go to his territory? But what is the God has said? It says, thus says the Lord, they shall come again from the land of the enemy. No matter how enemy has to grab them. And use the alcohol to drown them. Drug or movie or different kind of things. No matter what devil tried to do. But thus says the Lord. They shall come again from the land of the enemy. Then verse 17. And there is a hope in thy end. The world has no hope. The theology have no hope. Just the seminary have no hope. And just a man's idea have no hope. But it said that there is a hope in your hand. Why? Because God said, I know my thought towards you. It's not a thought of a destruction. It's not a thought of a evil. But it's a thought of peace to give you an expected end. If there is a hope in thine end, says to the Lord, and thy Children shall come again to their own border. This is their border. This is their border. He said, your children shall come to their own border. The enemy has to take them away. The enemy has to put them in this territory. But God said, I will bring them back to this border. He will do that. Why? The scripture cannot be broken. The word of a God cannot be broken. Claim it, my brothers, my sisters. Parents, claim it. This is your word. This is not just emotion. This is the word of a God. This is the best science of the Lord. If this is a man's word, it can be dotted. But this is God's word. 
He said that they shall come to their own border. God hasn't made that a border. No one can go through His border if without God's permission. And He is their Father. If He's your Father, He's your children's Father too. Because God doesn't have a grandchildren. Let me give you the last one. In Jeremiah 30, verse 11, For I am a wizard, thus says the Lord, to save thee, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. But I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. God is not grandpa, God is the father. He will correct you. And He will punish you if you're doing things that that's wrong. But it's not to punish you to the destruction, but to punish you, to chastise you, to bring you back. As Brother John was a preacher, he wanted sometime to break the leg of the sheep. But it's not to be cruel, but it's to put him on his shoulder, on his, in his, in his, in his uh, chest, so that he can embrace him, so that he will never leave him. For thus says the Lord, Thy bruise is incurable, and thy wound is grievous. I was thinking, how many has been wounded? How many has been bruised? But things in this world. There is a none to plead at thy cause. That thou mayst be bound up, that thou Thou has no healing medicines. To them that sick physically, or to them that sick mentally, there is a no healing medicine. Healing come from God. And thy lover have forgotten thee. I was thinking of some of your young people, or sometimes even older people, adults, people are like, how many lovers you have? Your job, your career, your education, your ambition, your money, your relationship, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. How many lovers do you have? And you know what? When come to the trial, when coming to the critical moment, all your lover will forgive, will forgotten you. All your lover will go away from you. All the things that you put your heart and you love so much. That you consider the lover, they don't love you at all. You're like a bird flying away. They only use you while you are doing while you are doing good with them. They only use you as a tool to further Satan's kingdom. But you have a one bridegroom. You have a husband. Let's call it Jesus Christ. He's not just a lover, but he's the one married you. He's the one keep true to you. He's the one upholding you. He's the one giving all that you needed. He's your satisfier. All thy lovers, let a musician come, have forgotten thee. They seek thee not. For I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy. With the chastisements of a cruel one. For the multitude of thy iniquity. Because thy sin 
were increased. God will not do anything without punishing if you're doing, doing it wrong. If you're doing it, if you're doing it in sin, if you're doing the things that are not pleasing to God, they will have a punishment. They will have a chastisement. But God is not going to chastise you. Just, uh, just try to be a crew. Just try to be, you know, just uh, have a fun with you. No. Because of the, the psalm, they said, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteously in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. It's only for the period of a time. He will try to correct you, bring you home. And then in the verse 16 says, Therefore, all they that devour thee shall be devoured. And all thy adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be spoiled. And all that are preyed upon thee will I give for a prey. God will be the adversary to your adversary. God will be the enemy to your enemy. He said, for I will restore health unto thee. You that are sick in the body, you that are needed healing, remember this word, for I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, says the Lord, because they call thee an outcast, saying this is Zion, whom no man seek after. When you come to the point, it seems like, Lord, do you care for me? Do you concern about me? That will touch the nerve of God. When Satan tried to put that doubt that in the person, that would touch the nerve center of God. When the, when Brother Branham are coming to it, it's the most sick, uh, critical moment. That it comes to the point they don't know what to do. His wife died, his girl that died. And the Satan come out and said, the Lord don't care about you. Lord don't concern about you. But it's at right that time, at that critical moment, if something rises up from him, said the Lord to give it, the Lord to take it away. Blessed be in the name of the Lord. He is uh, your comforter. And He is the one that may give you all the cure. When you need the healing, He is the one that heals your body. He is the one that heals your soul. That heals your mind too. There is nothing that is our God that I don't know. Whatever that you're going through, whatever things as it comes your way, God's Word cannot be broken. That is a stand. Let's sing how great is our God.
not just as a song, but it's just something kind of resounding in our heart. We're not just to see how great our God is because somebody else is saying this. This is something that's made a person in order to us. What a great God that we serve. And he said his word, his scripture cannot be broken. And that is the face that what we put it on. That's what our face can rest it on that because it's a scripture cannot be broken. And God gave us an absolute. And if as long as we hold true to that, you know, sometimes it's not some, uh, it's not just some thundering and flashing then all the time. And sometimes when we're believing in God, it just takes something out of our hearts that the Lord, your word is to be the truth. It's not just shouting, it's not just screaming, you know, uh, can do it in anything good, but it's something faith that is anchored in us. The Lord, your words to be the truth. No matter what the other people said, and no matter what the situation has to say the contrary, but your word to be the truth. Because the scripture cannot be broken. And you're the one that is steward. You're the one that is holding it. Let me give you the final quote that has helped me so much. And the brother Bram said, uh, and God testified of the gift. He said, Satan hasn't got anything to do about it. He said, don't argue with him. Don't fuss with him. He said, just ignore him and walk away. If you fuss with him, he will keep you fussing day and night. You say, well, he will say, you know, you're not healed. You will say, well, now look, Satan, I want to tell you something. Brother Bram said, don't say it. He said, just say, get away. I don't want to hear nothing about you. And walk on and say, thank you, Lord. And go on. Don't pay any attention to it. Do you realize Satan doesn't worth of any of your seconds? Any of your time? And why are you spending time with him all the time? Almost look like you fall in love with him. You fall in love with the word of God has said. As I was quoting to you, fellowship with that absolute. Fellowship constantly with that word. Even in your death, like Stephen, fellowship that with Christ, the word of God revealed in his hour constantly. That's called a perfect fellowship. No matter what situation come, how many things that Satan tried to reasoning with you, ignore him. Don't fuss with him. Don't fuss with him the day and night. Just ignore him and pay attention to what is the word of God has said. Be a sheep. No matter you are the sick sheep or you are the healed sheep, you are the strengthened, you are the uh, strong sheep or the weakened sheep, but you have the nature of the sheep. For the weak the sheep, God promised the healing to all of them that is just a saying uh, I want to be like to be like Jesus is that a title like Jesus
that you cannot seems like a just can't overcome it have you ever loved the ones that in your heart that you've been holding them before the Lord months after months year after year have you come to a certain stage it seems like you want to have a breakthrough it's not just coming to the church but something that's a breakthrough Something in your experience, Lord, I do know you. I do love you. But Lord, I want to break through. Lord, it seems like the, the veil is so thick. It seems like the, year after year, it seems like something just built up. The veil that it used to be rented in half, Lord, somehow, it seems like the, the veil starts pulling back it again. If that's in your heart, Do you want to just call on him like a real sheep did? Lord knows that the sheep's voice. He knows the voice of that sheep. He knows the tone of that sheep's voice in distress. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father. Lord, this is your people, Lord. This is your sheep. Lord, you know each one of them, Lord. Not one sheep passing by without you can name their name. Because this is all sheep that born from your sheepfold. Lord, some sheep in distress. Some sheep that in distress. Some sheep that's uh, in the pressure. That they get so confused that they don't know what to do. But Lord, if they are sheep, the sheep only can do one thing. They just keep calling. They just keep calling. They're calling the great shepherd. Lord, maybe some sheep was distracted. Maybe some sheep is a fall out of the line. Maybe some sheep was uh, attracted by the glare. Lord, they maybe come to the time, they even condemn themselves. Ask the Lord, I am a sheep or I am a goat. Oh God, may the heavenly father just send down your presence. Just send down the presence of a father as you love your fatherhood. Let it come down into the heart and speak gently to them. Nothing changed their nature of a sheep, Lord. Nothing has changed them. Lord, they want to hold true to that absolute and they possess that absolute. Lord, I just pray for each one, no matter they're young or they're old. I just pray, Lord, even for myself. Lord, give us a breakthrough in our experience, in our walk with you, Lord. 
Lord, we don't want to just uh, follow the, the stream and uh, going down, just going down. But Lord, we want to go against the tide. The world is trying to use this tide to drag us down. But Lord, we're against this tide because we already got a hold of the hands of the shepherd. Lord, you pulling us out of the water. You're pulling us out of the coldness, the formalism. You pulled us out of all the pressure of this age, the pressure of the work and the different things. Lord, made our eyes forever look upon you. We give you all the thanks and glory. Lord, be with your children as we coming in. Lord, listen to the word. Lord, may they take a hold of the word and go back home. That the promise of a God cannot be broken. Lord, you will save their children. That they will come to their own border, which is the border that Jesus Christ has pulled them in. That is the sheepfold. Father, we give you all the thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's just sing the chorus to be like it. Jesus again before we dismiss. Go to.